Many people will tell you, occultism, witchcraft, and magic are dangerous. So they are. So is crossing the road. But we shall not get far if we are afraid to ever attempt it. A quote by Doreen Valiente. Hey guys, welcome to the Feast of Torches. I'm your host, Azazel, and I'm here with our fellow podcaster, Ashley from Seeking Witchcraft. Hi, Ashley. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Azazel. Of course. So, side note, we've been drinking lots of wine prior to this. And um Yeah, it's it's been it's been a little it's been a little toasty. <laughs> okay, well I'm fine, personally. Azazel's a little bit of a lightweight, but I'm not a lightweight, okay? I've only had just a little bit of Chinese food today. I usually eat a lot. That's true. <laughs> it's very empty right now. So for anybody listening, um, I am currently coming to you for my new microphone that my Patreon users helped fund. So thank you so much, guys. This isn't even my podcast, but thanks, guys. I appreciate you so much. But yes, yeah, so I'm here co-hosting on Azazel's podcast. I feel like I'm taking over at this point, but you know, it is what it is. Hello. Uh, so we're doing an uncensored witchism wine. Uh, yeah, so Azazel, take it away. All right, guys. So to, on today's episode, we're pretty much just going to talk about lots of randomness. Um, but mostly I want to introduce myself, you know, have you guys get to know me a little bit better and also get to know Ashley a little bit better. If you guys don't already follow her podcast, Seeking Witchcraft, definitely go check that out. It's been hella helpful for almost what a million people now no not a million uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if i hit a million by the end of 2020 and uh fun fact for anybody listening today i was mentioned in cosmopolitan magazine that's crazy uh as one of the witchy podcasts to check out so dang y'all thank you <laughs> pretty crazy yes and i'm sure a lot of my listeners also came from your podcast so i also appreciate you for that um <laughs> but yeah so our first topic of the day, we're going to talk a little bit about me so you guys can get to know me. I'm um, so excited to be on Azazel's podcast where he can talk about himself. <laughs> so fun fact for anybody listening. So Azazel and I are friends just outside of the podcast world. So She's my nemesis. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> not really. So I don't know. We have this thing where we just argue all the time for literally no reason. <laughs> I don't know if we were just siblings in a past life or what it is. So it's going to be an interesting, it's going to be fun for me because first off, I don't have to edit shit. So when he asked me to come on, I was like, fuck yeah, I'll come on. I don't have to do shit. I just have to speak my mind, drink some wine and I'm good. But he's going to introduce himself and I'm going to just be here poking fun at him. So this is going to be fun for me. He's probably going to regret all of this. And yeah, so Azazel, introduce yourself. As a child of Venus, I regret nothing that I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for me, I got so I got involved into witchcraft and the wicked Wicca not wicked, Wicca community. <laughs> it's a little bit wicked sometimes. Sometimes. I got I got involved in everything when I was really young. I was about twelve, which I don't really recommend for people, especially at that young age, you know, there's so much to really take in and really learn about, you know, the different varieties of witchcraft that it's out that is out there. But yeah, for me, whenever I was coming up, it was hell of a lot of reading um mostly because like the internet like yes it was a thing but like it also wasn't really that involved like there wasn't really online communities there wasn't discord there wasn't facebook groups that you could join there's still a lot of reading though i mean yeah um but yeah, <laughs> the reading never ever ever ends 
especially just being at that age though like there's not really anybody you can reach out to for the most part unless you're like you know you grew up in that that sort of environment for at least thankfully and i thank the gods like every day for this that my mom was so very much adamant not adamant but like she was so open to me being able to you know practice whatever i wanted to practice um religious religiously wise because i know yeah you're very lucky about that that you you had a family that was able to let you explore what religious beliefs that you fell into uh that was absolutely not the case for me because when i was a kid i was very interested in witchcraft and my family found out because i'm in second grade on the windows 98 computer (laughs) looking this shit up uh and obviously they found out and um yeah i i did not have that luck. So you're very lucky that you were able to get involved with this at a young age because a lot of people don't have that uh, availability or even comfortability with their family to do that. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's not to say that I didn't get any sort of backlash whenever I did, you know, start telling family members and and, and close friends that, you know, I practice witchcraft, uh, especially being a young age. You know, a lot of my family is very protective of me. And they didn't want me getting involved in anything that that they didn't really understand because they were worried about like, you know, me getting manipulated, me, you know, essentially joining some sort of like cult that they had no idea what it was about. And, you know, all they know about when they hear witchcraft is obviously like the devil worship and all this bullshit that that's being perpetrated by the media. So it definitely took a lot of long conversations to have with multiple family members to really help them understand how much this meant to me because like essentially like i didn't i never really had any goals like in life um like i didn't like i didn't you know i didn't want to be some sort of doctor or lawyer or whatever like my one aspiration for <laughs> was you know being a priest or being a hyper bring, like being in involved in like the wiccan religion and being a priest and sadly i got i got that a little too early and now i don't really know what to do with my life but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you were part of a clergy. Um, yeah, so fun fact, everybody, uh, we're going to be doing an episode on my podcast, Seeking Witchcraft, about um, being a millennial high priest and what's that? what that is like, because Azazel and I are the same age. And when I first met him, which we'll talk about the first time we met, I think that's, I mean, on my side, it's pretty morbid, to be completely honest. <laughs> but uh, but it, it's still just, you know, just a fun story to get to know him and, and, you know, how him and I know each other. Yeah, yeah. When I first found out he was a high priest, uh, I was like, "What?" <laughs> but we'll we'll get there. Please, please continue. Um, but yeah, you know, I was saying like it, it was that was my one goal, and so it was. It would have been horrible for me to be able to, I guess, not be able to continue this path and not have that acceptance from my family because I am so close to my family. Like I grew up, you know, living in New York, and my grandfather was a super of this building and like my great grandmother lived at the top floor of the building and have cousins that lived all throughout the building and like we just like hung out together like all the time and so like not being not having that close relationship with my family and being able to share this with them for a long time it did kind of bother me but once i was able to really open up to them about it and help them understand that you know Yes, you know, I, I understand what you see on online and on and on the internet or whatever in media that, you know, as what witchcraft is, but, you know, that's not how I take it. That's not what I've learned about it. And like, let me share these things with you. Now, granted, you know, at the time I was living in the Bible Belt, I was living in Georgia, in, you know, North Georgia, and granted, 
South, Southern Georgia is a lot worse, um, but which is North Georgia is a lot more liberal, but to an extent, I will say. But at the same time, it was difficult to being so far away from my family, help them understand that, you know, I was completely serious about this, and especially my mom. My mom was like, she didn't take it seriously at first. She was, you know, very open to like me experiencing my own things because her herself was very interested in learning about Buddhism and more things that would like help her and her anxiety and whatever she was dealing with her day-to-day life that her home religion Catholicism wasn't really doing that for her and so she was also open to other religions so it was a a nice conversation to have especially with my stepdad at the time he was a practicing santero and so she kind of understood the whole spiritual thing from that aspect and I will say that probably helped my case a little bit (laughs) Um, having her already have experience, especially with our other grandma, you know, in Hispanic families where like you have that family member that's not actually your family member, but you all refer to them as like a family member type name. So we have this grandma that's not really our grandma, but she does tarot readings. She does like, she doesn't identify as um, a Santera, but she does practice. I believe, I honestly have never talked to her about it because um, she's she lives in um, Florida now and I'm backing up in Massachusetts, but she... Practice is something I believe it's very similar to Espiritismo, um, which is very close to Santeria, but it's more focused on the saints. Um, and it's not as, I believe they don't do many sacrificing as like Santeria does, from at least from my knowledge of it. I could be completely wrong. I have no idea. Um, but, you know, from going to part like family parties at her house, and I would see one crazy time I saw my, my aunt. Um, they were downstairs in the basement, my grandmother and a couple of uh, her other friends that were do that, that, that did the same thing that she did. Um, you know, they would be drumming and, you know, invoking the saints in the basement and like everybody, like whole family is having a party upstairs. <laughs> and like, my, I just remember, like I was maybe like 10 years old and I saw my aunt come down from upstairs and she did like a spider walk down the stairs. And I was like, I am concerned. <laughs> Wait, what? What? Like in the exorcist? Yeah. Um, that, okay, so, this is the first one I'm hearing yeah, about. People, this. Like, essentially, me? people. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like I need more details. Called, like you get montado, which is like you get ridden by the spirit. And she did this weird thing where it looked like she was doing like a spider walk down, like down the steps. And I was like, not up. It wasn't like upside down with her head all turned backwards. Like it wasn't as crazy as like how it was in The Exorcist. But it was very similar. And ten year old me didn't really know how to process that. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I remember um one time I was working this festival and it took place at a pagan campground and one of the people I was working with was like the daughter of the owner of the campground. So she was there year round and she said something like I asked her, like, oh, you know, how are the pagan events here? I, I wasn't actually actively involved in anything at the time. I really didn't know a lot. But I, I was curious, of course, you know. <laughs> and uh she's like, Yeah, you know, we have this one event where this woman, like the eyes rolled in the back of her head, and like she was it almost looked like she was floating, but she wasn't, and she was speaking in a different language. And I was like, Oh my god, what did you do? And she's like, Oh, I gave up to her and gave her a kiss on the cheek. And I was like, and this girl, I was talking, she was like 12. She, the only reason she was at this place is because her dad owned the property that we were working at. And that always stuck with me. And and I later came to realize like, oh, you know, she was being possessed by a spirit during some sort of pagan ritual. And I was like, that is so cool. Like, I love that. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, so it's, I feel like it's so interesting. Side that, like, story. Remind me of that. The 
random spiritual stories that you hear like people experiencing in you know whatever sort of craft that they that they involve themselves with and you're always just like did that really happen but like at least from my own experiences like i've always think like i always it's always in the back of my head like did that really happen but like at the same time i'm just like you've seen some shit justin i i want to point out one thing real quick um first of all yes you've seen some shit you have you've, you've told me some stories of some things that you've seen and felt but so both azazel and i are hispanic and we're on very opposite spectrums of this so you know, I come from the very Catholic Hispanic family that is absolutely not accepting of any of this at all. And he comes from the Hispanic family that like, oh, he can, he knows people who disagree. Like, you know, it, it's a completely different experience, but it, it's still been interesting to find people from this background within the community. Now, personally, myself, I'm, I'm very white passing. So usually when I tell people that I'm Spanish, they're like, what are you really? And I'm like, yes. I am. I don't know. I think the only thing that gives it away is like I have very, very dark eyes and like bomb ass eyebrows. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> tell me I'm wrong though. <laughs> uh, also, fun fact: we're skyping each other as this is happening, so we're like looking at each other while this recording is going down. Yeah, I think the the God's cruel gift to me Same. though is that I have to wear glasses because I'm fucking blind. I'm not really, but I'm just you know I have to wear glasses. <laughs> so it's like the gods are like, we'll give you really good eyebrows and really good eyelashes, but you have to wear glasses so nobody ever sees them. But yeah, I mean, that's super, like, I feel like that also plays a part in it as well. At least from my family, like, obviously, my, my family's Dominican. And my dad's side of the family is drastically different than my mom's side of the family. My mom's side of the family is where that grandmother uh, that I was talking about earlier, where she's associated with. My dad's side of the family is very, we go to church every Sunday. We know we all worship God. It's very like, you know, by the book, um, even though they, they are a little bit open than anything. But I honestly, for me, I think that it's more has to do with the fact that uh, I am the only child of my father and they can't really distance themselves too much from me because then they lose him as well. <clears throat> I mean, it's not to like play that up, but it, it's more of just like, I kind of, and it's, it's not that I'm using that against them, because obviously this is stuff that, that I'm generally interested in, but like, I do understand that that probably pays a part into why they haven't like been so aggressive to me. So I, I do, you know, understand that when I'm talking to other people, I'm telling them like, yo, yeah, yeah. You know, my, my experience coming out to my family was great or it was not great, but it was generally smooth than other people. Um, I, I understand that it is with Must that caveat nice. that, you know, <laughs> they do still want to have that connection to, you know, my father and that they can't really distance themselves too much from me. Otherwise, they lose that. I mean, that's one morbid way of putting it. It is. I mean, it is a horrible, horribly morbid. <laughs> it's a very yeah. morbid conversation we're just turned into, which um, actually makes me think of our morbid story of how we met oh, each other. <laughs> which is funny because like, I didn't find out exactly what happened until like after. Wait, after I didn't I didn't know that what had happened um to you like until after we had already met. Like Seamus didn't tell me. Oh, I thought you knew. No, Wait, I when like idea. you found out like the next day or something? Um I think I found out like a couple days after. I think Seamus told me. Oh wow. Cause I remember telling people Okay, so maybe we should just go into what happened. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So as a lot of people know, I went on an EDM cruise. <laughs> uh in the beginning of January this year and well I well I went on vacation and it was to go on a cruise that was an EDM festival and I posted this on my podcast information uh the beginning of this year where 
uh, you know, I flew into Miami, which is where uh, Justin was happened to be living at the time. But I flew into Miami, and um, shortly after arriving at my hotel room, uh, I was actually about to go to bed. I had found out that my best friend had died, and uh, <laughs> so that was not a fun night because uh, the next, like, I'd gotten to Miami um, two days before the cruise was leaving, so the next day I was supposed to go to a pre-party, and then the day after that I was supposed to go on the cruise. So you know, I cried all night. <laughs> I think I posted on my podcast, that page, something like, Hey guys, like I'm taking a break. You know, my best friend just, just died uh, suddenly and une- unexpectedly. And, you know, so the next day came, I, you know, I, I eventually fell asleep at one point kind of, and I woke up the next day and, uh, you know, my best friend's mom called me and, uh, long story short, cause it's not relevant to witchcraft podcast, but she, her and her sister had called me actually, um, and pretty much said like, you know, she wouldn't have wanted you to miss a party, which is totally true. My best friend was a fucking party animal. <laughs> um, and I was like, you know what? It's true. Like, honestly, there's nothing I could do at this point. But anyway, that morning after that conversation, she was like, you know, I want you to enjoy your trip in Miami. Like, this is her mom. She's like, I want you to enjoy your trip. Like, don't come home, you know, have fun. And then at the end, she was like, so by the way, what do, what what did she want me to do with her body? <laughs> and I was like, uh, yikes! It's like eight in the morning, and I'm in Miami, <laughs> and I've been crying all night. Um, so I had to have a, and, and then she told me some more details of of how her death happened. Um, some morbid details, very gory details, and um, this all happened uh the morning uh, of the pre party. So I just, you know, took it all in, and I was like. Okay, well, um, I think she wants this to happen when she dies or when she had died. Um, so you should probably do X, Y, and Z with her body. And thank you for telling me X, Y, and Z details of how she died. <laughs> and um, you know, good luck. Let me let me know how it goes. I'll talk to you when I come back from this cruise, I guess. And so uh then I went to breakfast and um our friend, you know, I guess before <laughs> this already says his name, so Seamus, who I've had on my podcast before he was also coming on this EDM cruise. We were going together and he has told me a couple days before I left, like, Oh, we're going to go to this pre-party together. And like, I know another witch who lives in Miami. Uh, and I was like, okay, I don't, whatever, fine. Like, I don't, I don't care. And he's like, he's going to come to the pre-party. I'm like, cool. So he came to my hotel with Seamus. There's more details. (laughs) Yeah. There's some details that came into this, but pretty much like they had to come up the stairs because I had the only key, but I needed the key to get in my room and blah, blah, blah. Uninteresting details. And so I, I was like trying to find them on my floor and apparently I locked them in the stairwell. (laughs) I just ran past them. So, uh, yeah, so I met Justin or Azazel and he was a Seamus and, um, yeah. And then after that we went and we went to, um, get dinner and then we went to a nightclub and we have a table at the club and the whole time I'm just really depressed because my best friend had literally died and I talked about what to do with her body that morning. And I guess apparently Azazel had no idea that that conversation had happened. I thought he knew but apparently he didn't. And um, yeah, I was just trying to hold it together as much as I could because, you know, what else do you do in that situation, you know? And yeah, so my first impression of Azazel, I thought he hated me because he was so goddamn quiet. He didn't say a fucking word to me. He was just silent, like didn't even look in my direction. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, like I I guess I didn't really, I, I guess I was the same way to him. I mean, but to be fair, my best friend had just died and I just talked about what to do with her body. So I, I was kind of in my own like mind. 
but yeah, so I totally thought that Azazel hated me. I did not hate you. Like I said, like I've said many times. Okay. So I had been having like sinus issues since like Christmas at that point. I'm so sorry. You had a hard day. No, shut up. <laughs> I had no idea what you were going through at the time, but like I literally couldn't breathe out of my nose. Oh, poor baby. And then, like, I was like, no, but I have to go party with these people. Like, I just met them. I want to hang out. I want to have fun. Like, I've been dying at home because my goddamn nose doesn't want to work. <laughs> and so, like, I go and meet you guys. And then we get stuck in we get stuck in the stairwell. And then we go into your room. And I'm just like, I don't know who this girl is. <laughs> and then I'm freezing because for some reason it's the coldest day in ever in Miami that ever in history existed. <laughs> and then, um... So we go, yeah, we go out. I think we had sushi, right? Yeah, it was like this rooftop I remember we had, restaurant that had like sushi and other Asian type foods. Gluten free shit. <laughs> Fucking gluten. You and Seamus' brother walked to the club, and Seamus and myself and like his sister in law took an Uber because we're like, we're not walking. <laughs> As I said that, Isaiah just spit on his wine on camera. My cup was very full, okay? your cup is overflowing um thank the gods <laughs> listen we wanted to smoke okay listen it's, it's it's it was a different time when there was no rona yeah this was pre-corona, was pre-corona. but but anyway i miss those times i miss those times too but yeah like a, so then we hung out at a holiday or what was it a, a garden inn hilton garden inn oh yeah for like an undisclosed amount of time oh yeah that was a that was a weird i remember i just remember like literally i don't remember that night very well i just remember having to go to the bathroom a lot to bl- try and blow my nose because i could not breathe. <laughs> and then apparently ashley thought that i hated her well i remember we went to the so we finally get to, okay so we went to this hilton oh, garden God. inn at- the beetle guy <laughs> We'll get there. Okay, so we went to this Hilton Garden Inn, and uh, we were just there for, like, this pre There's a lot of details, and honestly, I know people listening don't care, so I'm just going to skip over them because they're just boring, and they're only really fun for us to remember. <laughs> and um, So we get to the we get to the party, at, like, the actual event, and if anybody's interested, the DJ was Destructo. And we're there, and I remember you bought me a drink, actually, and I was like, I felt so bad this guy... I, I don't know, just pay $20 for a drink. I feel like I'm back home because that's what like drink prices are here. But I was like, thanks, fam. <laughs> so then I had a friend who had a table at this club. So I went and we were on the table and Azazel was like, I guess taking Snapchats and his eyes are closed during them. Because <laughs> he just apparently got shit faced. I couldn't drink that much, to be honest, because I was going on the boat the next day. Um, so I was trying to pace myself, but he just got fucking wasted um but yeah it's funny because at, at the time when we met each other we didn't really talk that much we, didn't. No. we really didn't i think at, at like a couple times i i thought to myself like oh azazel doesn't really know that many people here like i only know seamus and i mean i knew people there but like I, I technically i knew more people than he did but like i don't know like we just didn't really talk which is kind of funny to think about it's like man look at all that wasted time that we didn't just be like fucking with each other you know <laughs> like we could have had an even better night if we had like realized next time when there's no rona next time oh wait but i won't be a Miami. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so fun fact so when we were at the club there was this dude and he was cute but he had a triple moon shirt oh, it was yeah. like one of those black craft the, shirts yeah, the, the, yeah the black craft cult shirts mm-hmm, the black craft cult shirts and <laughs> 
same thing. <laughs> and I went up to this guy and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I love your shirt. And then, you know, he was cute. So I was like, oh, like, you, you, do you know what that means? Like, does that mean anything? That symbol on your shirt? Dude. Oh my God. Justin, I'm so happy Justin was here when this conversation happened. He, he turns to me, he's like, oh, I just thought it looked like a beetle. So I thought, it, like, I bought it. And I was like, because it was a triple moon, but it was turned to the side. And I was like. I just remember we looked at each other like, uh, what? I was like, oh, what? I'm just like, yeah, I thought it was like a beetle. And I was like, oh, oh okay. Have a good night. I remember <laughs> that, that's mentally, been our, like, our joke think, for a bit. I don't even think I ever told you. But I remember just mentally in that moment, I was just like, did you just call my goddess a beetle? No, we did talk about it later. We were like, we worship the beetle goddess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, we were kind of getting off track here. But but yeah, so that is how Justin and I met each other. I thought he completely hated me. He was so quiet. He did not say a goddamn word to me. Okay, then we were in the car and then, you, then I think Seamus mentioned that I was third degree. And you were just like, you're third degree? What? Oh, yeah. Okay, so on the way to the restaurant, um, it was myself, Seamus, and Justin, or Zazel, and we were all in the car. And we were just kind of like, I don't know, getting to know each other. Poor Justin was sitting bitch in the car. He was sitting in between Seamus and I. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was like, oh, like, you know, how old are you? And he told me how old he was. And I was like, oh, like, we're the exact same age because him and I are a couple months away from each other. And then I was like, oh, you know, like, are you, I think I might have asked you, like, are you a first degree? So he was like, yeah, I'm a third degree. And I, I did like a double take. I was like, what? <laughs> You're a third degree? We're the same age. And like that just blew my mind of him telling me he was a third degree high fucking priest in the tradition that we're in. Um granted I started a lot sooner than you did. Oh, that must be nice. <laughs> Which was completely by accident. I really wasn't looking for a Gardnerian tradition. Because like when I so when I was in Georgia, a lot of the times like I would go to like the pagan festivals. Granted, I was only sixteen. Um but a lot of the festivals that I would go to there, like Pagan Pride, I would constantly hear like everybody talking shit about Gardnerians there all of the time. And so like mentally like in my head, I'm thinking, you know, Gardnerians are just like these like pompous assholes. Not that we're not. Um, <laughs> this is actually a really good conversation. I'm happy you're bringing this up. Because like, I mean, I, that, but that was my impression of like what Gardnerianism or whatever was at the time. And so like, I never really sought out to be a sort any sort of traditional Wiccan, um, but at the, I also understood having read a plethora of books that like my understanding. I mean, this is not for and this is not. I'm not saying this for you know everybody to take on this stance. This is just personally how I felt about it. Um, that Wicca was more of something that you know. I, once I learned that it was an initiatory tradition, I stopped referring to myself as Wiccan because like I didn't really when I didn't really know the, the i didn't connect with the sabbats at all i thought that they were just like things that you would do and i just kind of wanted to do like the witchcraft stuff like I, that was really that was the core of like what drew me to to witchcraft um and so like un until or if that ever happened for me um joining a, a wiccan tradition then you know i'd be all for it but up until that time you know i just started referring to myself as a witch and it i do understand the the caveat of needing to use the term Wiccan to better explain your practice to somebody who's never heard of like, uh, or of trying to explain witchcraft to somebody. You're just like, oh, you know, I'm Wiccan, even though you're not really Wiccan. It's just what's been known to everybody. Like everybody, like for the most part, has heard of Wicca in some sort of loose understanding. And so the, I've, I've known plenty of people that are just like, oh yeah, I'm Wiccan. 
um, when they're trying to tell their friends or family or whatever, just because that's what they hear and you don't want to really go full into detail about your practice and you're not actually Wiccan, but you just use that. Uh, so this actually brings up, okay, so there's two things. So one, talking about gardenerians as assholes. That's definitely a topic we should talk about. But two, um, bringing up Wicca um, in general, and especially, for example, Scott Cunningham. So this was actually a post. So I have a Facebook group called Witches Seeking Witchcraft, which uh, Azazel, Justin, he's a moderator of. So you might see him stirring the cauldron around on that post or that page sometimes, which he likes to do. Uh, and I let him because I'm like, you do you, fam. <laughs> Live your life. But uh, we had a post on there not too long ago about Wicca and there were people, there was one specific person, but there were people on there who were saying things um, about Wicca. And I want to just address that initiatory Wicca is not the same type of Wicca that you're going to read about in these books. They're different. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very, very different. But the thing is, with initiatory Wicca, is you have to be initiated to know about it. Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of like you just got to take our word for it. I'm like, hey guys, just so you know, it's it's not the same thing. Um, I mean, granted, I will say yeah. though, like once I did get initiated, I understood why the perception of them being, you know, these egotistical assholes <laughs> did come across. Because at the same time, and whatever if i get shit for this but like at the same time it's like so we have these traditions that we're not supposed to talk about right and then you have everybody else trying to like claim shit and she's like but that's not that's not what that is and a lot of people, okay, so- a lot of people get angry about that like i so like to an extent i understand i don't think that it is proper or should be taken that way um but to some extent i do understand the sort of animosity that does get brought about by certain, not necessarily just Gardnerians, but a lot of BTW initiates, how they interact with seekers. I've seen a lot of it. Is It is very just like, oh, I'm better than you. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you do have to understand that like you were in their shoes at one point, you know? Okay, so let me back up here. <laughs> um, especially for the listeners who are coming from my podcast who might be going, what? What are you guys talking about? Uh, okay, so Gardnerian Wicca, which a lot of people know at this point, I, I was initiated to uh, shortly after I started my podcast. Gardnerians are essentially the OG people of Wicca. Yeah. And they get a bad reputation. So Okay, so when I came into this, I didn't know shit about Gardnerians. I didn't know shit about really anything, honestly. And I will own that because it's true. And, and you know, it kind of comes down to the fact that everyone's journey is their own. And, you know, I've been very raw and open about my journey. And, you know, the podcast has kind of been a cool way to document that. But anyway, so Gardnerians are people who are part of an oath-bound tradition. And they have certain ways of doing things. But the way that they do things is kind of just the OG way of doing things at Wicca. And so Gardnerians will get a bad reputation because it's all oath-bound information. And they can't share details of what happens or why they do certain things or X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. So people will say, well, why do you do this? Or like, why that? Or like, why don't you explain this? Yeah. Yeah. Why is everything a secret? And Gardnerians, we take an oath where we will not share the secrets of the tradition. And people get upset about that because they think, for example, people will feel entitled to certain things within the tradition because they've been studying Wicca or witchcraft for X amount of years. So 
ultimately comes down to we're seen as assholes for not sharing the information that we have. But there's, yeah, and we're called gatekeepers. I have personally been called a gatekeeper, (laughs) Um, which is kind of funny because I do my best to try to share beginner witchcraft with Wicca information on my podcast. So it's like, you're really going to call me a gatekeeper? Okay. Uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, so we're we're seen as gatekeepers, we're seen as assholes because we won't share this information, but uh, the information is kept secretive and oathbound for a reason. And unless you're initiated, we can't share that. And it is what it is. So th- that's kind of what we're talking about when we say that people refer to this tradition and the people within as assholes and gardenarians get a bad rep for being these mean, stuck up people. But I didn't know any of this when I joined it. Every gardenarian I've met for the most part has been really fucking cool. Yeah. Like really, really cool, really, really nice. And honestly, it's not unheard of to hear initiates in the tradition talk about when they first came into this, having heard all these rumors of gardenarians being dicks. And then they actually meet a gardenarian coven despite wanting to avoid them and then being like, wow, these people are really nice. Oh, all these rumors are fake. What do you know? Not to say that every gardenarian is the best person ever because it's real life, guys. You're not going to vibe with every single person that you meet. It happens. You know, it's it's real life. It is what it is. But for the most part, almost every gardenarian I've met has been really fucking cool. So yeah, like my introduction with gardenarians has has essentially, you know, was actually what, with, uh, Ashley was saying. It's like actually meeting them has been a completely different experience than what I heard of who these people were and getting initiated, especially, you know, for me at least, and this is not to say for everybody, because for I don't attribute myself to the thought process of, you know, you have to be initiated to be a witch. I, that, I think that's nonsense. I think for, to understand Wicca specifically, um, I think you should be initiated. If you so feel the inclination to go that route, um, you can't practice it eclectically um but i personally think that you are missing out on a lot of the deeper understandings of what it is that you're doing until initiation um and that's not to say that you know if you're fine with doing what you're doing then that's perfectly fine um but at least from my understanding seeing seeing it from both sides because i was like i was in i was an eclectic practicing uh witchcraft wicca for about nine years before i was initiated and I do see a huge difference in the way I understand the different processes of what's happening around me as, you know, the wheel is turning as, um, you know, I've gone through my training through the degrees. I've learned a better understanding of, you know, what the whole religion is about. So that's, I, I just want to jump in and say, it's not to say that you cannot have meaningful experiences not being initiated or, you know, not being part of a tradition, not even talking about gardenarian, but just in general. That's absolutely not what Azazel is saying. It's absolutely not what I believe either. I definitely believe you're a witch, whether you're initiated or not. Yeah. I think you can be Wiccan whether you're initiated or not. You know, I think what he's trying to get at uh, is that there's things that you learn when you're in an oathbound tradition, especially about Wicca, for example, that you will not get from books. And I think it also, I think there's something to be said about working in a coven aspect and having other people to work off of because for myself, you know, the times I would just do things on my own, I didn't have anybody to bounce ideas off of. Even if I went on the online forums, honestly, they sucked. <laughs> uh, there, there wasn't really 
reputable information and anything I can kind of backtrack on. And, and being part of a tradition, I was able to get that. Um, so yeah, it, you know, your mileage may vary. Again, it's not to say that you cannot have a meaningful experience. It's not to say that you can't be Wiccan. Yeah, we're not saying not. that because, like, I mean, if you like, just think about the the base um, separations about it. You know, initiatory Wicca is a priesthood. That is... But it's different than the Wicca you're going to read in Scott exactly. Cunningham's book. Yeah, and I think that's an important distinction to make. And unfortunately, we can't discuss the differences, <laughs> and that's why Gardnerians are seen as assholes. <laughs> but it it it's like. You know, if you don't, if you, if you're getting the full satisfaction of out of your practice, you know, not being initiated, that's a hundred percent. Okay. That's great. I think that's awesome for you. Um, For me personally, that wasn't enough. And I sought initiation. Um, And for, you know, for other people that, that may be the route to go or, or it may not, you know, it's, it's not, you don't have to be initiated to be, to be Wiccan. I, for my understanding, from my personal experience i would say you know it definitely enhances your understanding of the religion altogether but it is not a necessary component the goddess chooses who she wants to be her followers no matter what initiation or, or what have you because at the end of the day initiation is by the gods and by the spirits that you're working with no matter what tradition no matter what magical tradition that you're working in if you're not accepted by those gods and spirits then you it's irrelevant whether you get initiated um and so I think that, you know, they can accept you without the people themselves accepting you. However, the rituals and rites that we do practice within our tradition are oath-bound to as a people, uh, which yeah, is why so we can't talk about it. The, this is a whole conversation in its own. Like, as you can see, we're, 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 we've been talking about this for a long time. <laughs> uh, so I think I mentioned this at the beginning. Yeah, Azazel's going to come on my podcast and we're going to talk about yes. the fact that he's a millennial high priest. So that will be fun to talk about. I can give him all the shit for it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. So stay tuned. We're going to do that. So getting back to my origin story, if you will. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely getting, you know, learning about, you know, I guess being in that spiritual environment of like how my grandmother did things and how like the parties that we would go to her whenever, whenever, when we first moved to my, Florida. Um, and then even, you know, being away from Florida when I moved to Georgia and, you know, I lived with my stepdad and he, I was obviously very heavily involved in, in Santeria. Um, it was, and that's essentially when I moved to Georgia, that's when I really started getting into Wicca and witchcraft. Um, but it was something that we never, at least me and him never really talked about. It was just kind of like this understanding of like, you do you, and then I'll do me. And then, you know, we're never really going to talk about this. Um, but it, I will say that getting into witchcraft that young, especially being, because I, I do think that having some sort of psychic understanding of your surroundings heavily helps your own development within witchcraft, because, you know, Improving your psychic abilities does help with, you know, being able to interact with your gods, being able to interact with the the spirits that you work with, being able to really feel the spirits that you're calling into your circle space. And so for me, at least, I dove heavily into, um, and this wasn't really 
a a thought about plan that I did prior to this, but for some reason, you know, being around a bunch of teenagers that have lots of emotions and, you know, psychic energy that they're spewing out like unconsciously, um, you, you, you do tend to experience a lot of shit, especially in your teens. And so a lot of my friends, you know, I would, I'm not going to say that they're emo or whatever, but they did, were in that scene. Um, and they did happen to all go through shit. And me being the witch of the group, as I'm sure many of you guys are, um, or have been, uh, you know, you, you kind of get roped into like, Hey, like, I'm, you know, I feel like there's some shit in my house. Can you come check it out? Or do you know anything about this? Can you help me? Um, I definitely went through a lot of that in high school. Um, and so my experience with spiritual attacks was essentially my intro to witchcraft and really helped me get more involved in learning protection magic, learning how to feel spirits better. Um, because like, that's how I was going to help my friends. Cause like, obviously they're going through something. So yeah, like, you know, I would go off and that was my go-to was learning protection magic. You know, I got Christopher Penzek, um, books of protection. I believe it's called protection reversal magic. Um, that one helped me out a lot in understanding, you know, create these, these psychic barriers between you and whoever it is that you're working with or, um, understanding, you know, the aura of different people. Um, and whenever you're interacting with spirits, how to banish them. Banishing is 100% my go-to whenever it comes to any sort of spiritual work. Um, you just like yeeting those things out of your life. Exactly, exactly. Yeet! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I will say that it does kind of humor me a little bit, which is I understand that it's not a humorous thing. Whenever I'm, like, as a moderator in the Witches Seeking Witchcraft group, <laughs> whenever you guys... Uh, Oh yeah, he's gotten some into some trouble by me before. I mean, because like for me at least, <laughs> it's more of just like you know, as witches, we do have a sort, and it's not a in and a hierarchy thing. It's more of just like our understanding of how we practice and how we interact with spirits. We do have a sort of control of our environment. You know, if we're working magic to you know enhance our environment around us, and you know, there's a spirit fucking with with every day you kind of have to deal with it you know as a, as a witch it is your not your obligation but it is your um prerogative it is like it is for your prerogative to really understand how to yeet shit out of your life as it, in ashley's words because like you know if that's if if there's if there's a spirit that's fucking with you you should understand how to not make that spirit fuck with you because at the end of the day, you're top dog in that room, and you have to help. You have to make that spirit understand that. And you always have to be stronger than anything that you invoke. Exactly, or anything that you don't invoke. You know, you have to show it who's boss. Essentially, like yes, it it is a scary. It and trust me, I understand. It can be a scary experience dealing with certain spirits. Um, but at the end of the day, if you are going to involve yourself within witchcraft and you know learning about spirits and and interacting with them you do have to understand the sort of command that comes with that and true that i mean even like at its basis level whether you're not whether it's like you know spirits just attacking you while you're sleeping you know if you are in and this is in a wiccan context you know if you're casting a circle and you're bringing spirits into your circle you have to be you have to be able to command them to come to your circle you know, it's just like, hey, you know, like, can you please come or whatever or not? You know, I don't care. But like, can you come? 
you can't really be that way with when when you're in circle because like if you are that way it's likely that they won't listen to you because like why am i going to listen to this person who is insecure about their own voice when and and uh, uh, let me see a hundred percent it is a fake it till you make it kind of thing <laughs> you can a hundred percent fake the whole experience of like you know, I, I have all this confidence. I can invoke them into the circle blah, 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 for that one second, and they will believe you because you had that confidence within you in that one second to call them forth and that strength to call them forth that they will come. And it's this is such like a high priest conversation podcast episode topic. <laughs> You're giving away all the secrets, man. I'm just saying, like, you know, believe in yourself. Azazel can't help but teach in his daily life. I'm just saying, believe in yourself is what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, like, you know, especially working with witchcraft, I am 100% of the ideology that we do work with actual spirits and it's not so much a, uh, it's all in your head type of thing. Like, oh, like these are just your archetypes that you're connecting to in your inner higher self. Like, I think that it's a slight part of it, but I don't think that, that is 100% the case. I think we do actually interact with spirits and, and that is... You know, everything, I'm a bit of an animist in that sense that I, I believe everything has a spirit in this world. Um, Once you see enough stuff, you can't really. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you, can't, you can't really. Once you see enough stuff, once you feel enough stuff and personally experience it, you can't really deny it anymore. Do you have any? And, and that's something that I talk stories? about with people. Do you have any spooky ghost stories you want to talk about, Ashley? Yeah, we can move to ghost stories. Um, my ghost story is kind of unrelated to anything involving Wicca or witchcraft, but we could definitely move to that. Uh, you know, it is Halloween exactly. time. It's Samhain. It's October. The veils have thinned, my priestess. Well, the veil's not a comforter, so you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I could tell a spooky ghost story. So when I was a kid, uh, gosh, I have a bunch of, like, I have a spirit story. I have a ghost story. So when I was a kid, I went and um, in a different part of my state, a couple hours away from where we lived. And I was with my mom, my grandma, and my aunt, who wasn't really my aunt, but that's a Hispanic thing. Also, they were from New York. So that was also a New York thing. <laughs> so Bring it I was in the car we were driving back to my place, like where we lived a couple, like it was about two and a half hours away, maybe two hours or so. And I was in the car with my grandma. And at the last minute we were pulling out the driveway. I was like, no, no, I want to be in my mom's car. And my grandma was like, no, no, you're already, bu I was in like a car seat. That's how young I was. But I, she was like, no, you're already in the car seat. I was like, no, no, no. I want to be in my mom's car. So my grandma, I was in a car seat in the backseat of a car. My mom was driving a convertible. <laughs> so I, uh, I got out of the car seat and I went to my mom's convertible and uh, we were driving home. And as we were driving home, uh, I, I turned to my mom and I was like, mom, I want to stop and get something to eat. And I remember saying that and thinking to myself, I'm not even hungry. Like, why am I saying this? But I was like, no, 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 we should stop. And so we stopped and got something to eat. Um, and it's because I had been hanging with a friend during the day. So I, I really hadn't just eaten. Like, I, I don't know. Like we got the food. I didn't even eat it. And my mom was like, whatever. So we got back on the road and we were driving and where I live, there's a very big bridge <laughs> that's very famous around here. And it's like a four mile long bridge. Everybody knows what it is. And my mom doesn't like driving on the bridge. She gets nervous because she has like a bridge thing. A lot of people around here have it, I guess, whatever. I never, I don't have it luckily, but whatever. So we were getting closer and closer to the bridge. And on the opposite side of the highway, 
as we're driving, um, I'm looking in the forest, like there's trees and stuff. And I see my grandma wearing this outfit she wore every single day. I see her walking into the forest. And I go to my mom, I'm like, mommy, mommy, like that's grandma. <laughs> and she was like, Ashley, how dare you say that? Like, that's not your grandmother. Like there's a major car accident on the other side of the road. Don't say that. And I was like, but I saw her like walking into the forest. Like that's her. Um, and as soon as I said that, my mom's cell phone rang, rang. And so I answered it because my mom was driving. And this was back in the day. Like, people didn't really, I don't know. This was like one of those brick Motorola or like Nokia phones, you know, like whatever. So it was my aunt. And she was like, Ashley, is your mom on the bridge right now? Because my aunt knew that my mom didn't like driving on the bridge. I was like, no, no. I was like, we're fine. We're not by the bridge. And she's like, okay, don't like, I don't know. But like your, your grandmother was in an accident. And I was like, oh, we just drove past it. <laughs> I just saw her <laughs> and she was like, uh, so I turned to my mom. So long story short, my, I eventually ended up telling my mom, my mom stops the car in the highway and we back up. So it turns out my grandma had passed out while she was driving home, flipped the car on the other side of the barricade and crashed into a pole on the other side of this highway. And that was I your grandma. It was my grandma. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I ever told you this. No. Um, Oh, yeah. So I distinctly remember looking across the highway and seeing my grandmother walking. I didn't see her face. It was like the back of her walking into the forest. And she was wearing a completely different outfit than what she was wearing that day. But in my like, I just knew it was her. Turns out my grandma had like died. <laughs> uh, she ended up needing a double pacemaker. I was so young. I wasn't even allowed in the ICU to see her. Like, that's how young I was. Um, but yeah, I never, I never, I never forgot that of how. I guess I saw her spirit walking into the woods on the other side of the highway. <laughs> she survived, by the way, from that accident. Um, but yeah, so I have other crazy ghost stories, but that's like the first spiritual story that I remember and that happened and that people can back me up because my mom remembers me saying that. But yeah, I was like second or third grade. Fun fact. It reminds me of uh, when I was young. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, my father passed away when I was like three. And so prior to my father passing away, or I guess during the time in which he was missing, the, the period of time in which he was missing, um, we didn't really know like what happened to him. And so my grandmother took me to DR and I was like two or three. And from my understanding, that was the only instance into which uh, I went to DR and Dominican Republic. Yes. The Dominican Republic. Um, and following that, I completely have this memory of me, you know, being a small child, going to the graveyard with my grandmother, seeing my dad's grave, and like knowing exactly how the entire graveyard looked, what exactly his grave looked like, and um, and everything, and, and you know, telling her that you know, yeah, you let me stay there for a little bit, and I talked to him, um. And then, like, you left me. But then, like, I tell her the story now. And she's like, I don't know how the fuck you know all that. Because, like, I never took you to his grave. Because <laughs> he died the following year. Well, he didn't die the following year. He we he was buried there um, within, a, within a couple of months after we had returned. Um, and so, yeah, like, there was no way that I would have known what his grave looked like. Because I didn't get to go to his funeral. Because, like, they didn't want to traumatize me. Because, like, up until I was 13, I was told that he died in a car accident. And... I wasn't told the true story of like what happened to him. Um, but like, yeah, so like from being like 
four or five, I was telling my grandma, like, hey, you know, you know, I remember seeing daddy at like, you know, this, the, this really intricate fucking uh, gravestone because it was like in a cage. It was like in a weird cage. Like it was a graveyard, but it was in like a weird like gold cage or plated gold, whatever. Um, and it had like this picture and then they had it was like a square like a uh, plot. And I would tell my grandmother this. She was like, "Yo, I don't know how you like." Obviously, she wouldn't say "yo," but like, she was like, "I don't know how you like how you know this because like I've never taken you. I've never shown you. I've never taken pictures of that place." And so, like, what I don't, I don't like, I don't understand. My, my grandmother's like losing it over how like I understood what this place looked like, and she's like, "But yeah." So that and from like my at least my perception of what happened is that you know obviously i have a close really I've, I've always had a close relationship with my dad even since like a young age and so like i think i knew what happened when he passed because they didn't tell me what happened uh, for like a couple years um they just told me that he like went missing but before like i found out that he actually died um you know it was essentially just like you know yeah he's missing but i'm just like no like i've been to his gravesite like <laughs> But you like why do you guys keep telling me that he's missing? He's dead. And like I've been there a lot. <laughs> but obviously, again, it wasn't DR and I was living in New York. <laughs> so there was no way that I I had I had been there. Um, so I think that I, you know, I probably like astral projected there because I had such a strong connection. You know, her. super casual. Yeah. Exactly. As you do, as you do as a child. As you do. <laughs> um but yeah, like that, I mean that was sort of the my first interactions to understanding there is a little more to the world than I really understand. Because, <laughs> like, even yeah. even when, like, my grandmother telling me, like, you know, you've never been there. I'm just like, wait a minute. What do you mean I've never been there? <laughs> like, I know what it looks like. <laughs> and you're telling me that I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one other spooky story. I have a bunch of them, but one other spooky story gosh, should I say the Zozo story or should I? No, I'm going to say this other story. I told Justin the Zozo story. Yeah. It's not the actual Zozo. It's a different, it's a different thing. Anyway. Um, so a couple years before I moved out of the home that I lived in before I moved to the current County that I'm in now, uh, I had been, I had seen my very first ghost in that house years, years, years prior. Um, but I don't know, like nothing really happened after that. So I kind of, I didn't forget about it, but like, I didn't really think about it. And a couple of years before I moved out, I want to say like less than three years before I moved out, maybe two. I remember calling one of my best friends who doesn't, it's not that she doesn't believe in ghosts. It's just that she, she's of the mindset of, I need to see one to believe it. So, you know, it's fair. And yeah. I remember calling her one day and be like, you know, I think my house is being haunted right now, which is kind of odd because when you think of a haunted house, you think it's just perpetually haunted all the time. But that was not the case in this house. And so she came over one day and she brought with her this girl that she was a mutual friend. I wasn't really friends with her, but she used to tell people that she was a psychic medium. Honestly, everybody thought she was full of shit because we were in high school and that's what you do. And uh, I didn't really like this girl, to be honest. And so this girl didn't know that I had told my best friend a couple weeks ago, like maybe two weeks ago, like, hey, some weird things happening in my house. Like I'm sensing some things like I haven't seen anything, but like, I think my house is haunted. Something weird going on. This girl had no idea. So my best friend came over. She brought this girl with her. She was, they were already together. And turns out after they left my house, when this girl got in the car, immediately she turns to my best friend and said, I didn't want to say anything. 
but when we were in Ashley's room, there was this dark ass, like evil figure in the corner of her bedroom staring at us the whole time. And I was dying to leave. And I'm so happy we're not like spending any more time here. And I was, so when my best friend told me this, the first thing is I was like, bitch, I told you, like, I told you there was something in my house. This girl didn't even know that I said it was haunted. Like she had no idea. Here she is a complete outlier to this whole situation, confirming what I've been telling you. And my best friend was just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. You believe what you want to believe, fam. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just spooky ghost things. It's it's always cool when you have a spiritual experience and somebody else who is unrelated or doesn't know details can confirm it. That's kind of oh, fun. Yeah. Like when things. Like that reminds me of this time where when I lived in Georgia, when I was when I was in high school. Um, every time that I would go like sleep over at my best friend's house, uh, we would take an op like a weird direction to get to the school, because uh, it was just easier than when the, than the direction that we take to go to the bus. Um, but the direction that we would take, you know, there would be a cemetery that was there. We would have to go through the cemetery to get to the school. Uh, it was a really small town, um, and so and there was this always there, there was this really intricate uh, gravestone that we would pass every time, and I would notice it every time we passed. And then come to find out that my friend Chris would like go there sometimes. <laughs> Just like I don't know, he because he was also very not I want to say extremely psychic, but he did have psychic like tendencies. And so, like, he would, like, hear shit sometimes and, like, see shit occasionally. Um, so, yeah, like, you know, obviously he lived in the area. Uh, he, after one time, I remember, see, I was like, yeah, you know, that the gravestone is, like, really odd. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, I've, I've been there a couple of times and I've left flowers for her. And I'm like, what? What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> what, what are you doing? <laughs> and so, I remember one time we went to school and, um, he had brought flowers and he was going to leave it at the, at the, at the gravestone when, um, on our way home. And, um, so he goes and we go to the gravestone and we leave, the, and then we leave the, the flowers on the gravestone. And it was really odd because like, it was the only gravestone that had a picture on it of like the woman that died there and she was in a wedding dress. Um, and so I remember we slept over at his house that day <laughs> and, no, it was it wasn't that day. It was like a couple of weeks later, and he had like forgot to like keep leaving flowers there. Like he would do it like once a month or something. And like I remember there was one time where he just forgot to like it had been a couple of months and he had like forgot to like leave flowers there. And I was sleeping over at his house, and we're we're in his room and like we're playing video games. We were playing Rock Band, I think. I don't I don't remember. <laughs> and um, so it's like midnight or something. We're trying to go to sleep and like we hear somebody like lightly knocking on the door. So I wake Chris up and I'm like, Hey, like, I think your mom's like knocking on the door. Like, I think she needs something from you. Cause I, I know her mom worked late. So I thought that, you know, her mom or his mom would um like knock on the door as he would check up on us or whatever. Um, and so he opened the door and there was nothing there. And it, like, and then we checked outside and like his mom's car was there, and, but she was obviously asleep in her room. Um, and so we go back to bed and we're just laying there trying to fall back asleep and we hear a knock on the door again. And then I'm just like, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna, let's just ignore it. <laughs> like, it's not, fuck it. Mind you, at this time, like, I had maybe, like, been, like, practicing witchcraft for maybe, like, a year or two. And so I wasn't fully invested in everything yet. <laughs> 
It's a very, it was a very loose thing for me at the beginning. <laughs> um, so yeah, so like 30 minutes go by and we're trying to go to sleep and like I can't fall asleep because I keep thinking about this fucking knocking. <laughs> and then next thing you know, bang, 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 bang on the fucking door, and I'm just like, no, what? <laughs> no. Oh my god. And so I open the door and I'm just like, I yell, I literally yelled at the spirit, but like quietly because I don't want to wake his mom. <laughs> Because, like, it was a one-floor, it was a one-floor house. And so, like, her... Oh, my God. <laughs> if she, it wouldn't have been that hard to, like, wake her up. She was just, like, right down the hallway. Um, and I was just like, can you, like, fucking stop? Like, we're trying to sleep. Like, just stop it right now. Oh, my God. I'm trying to sleep right now because, like, I will eat through the fuck out of this house. Stop it. <laughs> like, I was just literally just trying to like, use my commanding voice, which... Obviously, you guys haven't seen very much of me. Um, I don't know if you follow me on Instagram, but like, or they haven't heard exactly. But like, but also you have never posted a picture of yourself either. When I was Ooh. when I was a small child, I was had a very squeaky voice, and I was like forty pounds lighter because I, I I was extremely skinny. Um, so imagine this little pip squeaky voice just like trying to command the spirit. <laughs> But you know what? It left, it um, left. I'm just trying to picture this so hard right now because you guys haven't seen a picture of Azazel. I mean, I kind of posted one. But we're both wearing masks. Um, but yeah, I was extremely skinny. Um, anyway, uh, my little squeaky ass voice was able to get this spirit to calm down and stop and shut the fuck up. Um, and I did that for that night when I was there. But apparently, it would fuck with him when I'm not there. So, oops. Um. Well, I mean, you said your piece. Exactly. <laughs> you just need to say his. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that was one of the, the fun stories that I had in high school when dealing with spirits. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. <laughs> spirits are always a fun topic. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like, you know, that experience itself really helped, at least because that was, that was the majority of the beginning of le- of understanding of, you know, hey, my friends are going through spiritual shit. Let me try to, like, fix their problems <laughs> fix their spiritual problems at least because they're emotional problems there's, there's no going past that you know emotional, they're on their own emotional them. teenagers they're they're a mess and high school was a mess as i'm sure everybody's high school was a mess um but it definitely helped me because i mean i slept over at my friend at my best friend's chris house at my best friend chris's house all the time and so there was obviously many instances in where I had to deal with the spirit because, like, it would literally harass him all the time. And it wasn't, like, a violent thing. It just, I liked attention from him. And I think it was more the flowers. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't, I don't get it. But, yeah, like, it really helped me understand that degree of separation that you need to take on whenever you're doing anything magical. Because, like, going into it and just like, hey, you know, leave us alone and blah, blah, blah doesn't really help you really have to take a commanding tone whenever you're talking or interacting with spirits and that has helped me especially you know joining a coven and getting you know doing ritual with people it has i guess gave me a little prerequisite of understanding of how i should interact with spirits and especially when you're casting a circle you're interacting with spirits and so so i want to add about finding your voice in ritual Mm -hmm. because god i wish i can remember the quote but it was something i went to a reclaiming uh festival once reclaiming witchcraft or tradition you went to a reclaiming yeah yeah i did Uh 
it's uh, also the same festival. So it was in Baltimore. And to this day, everybody thinks that I live in Baltimore and I don't because <laughs> I mentioned it once. But anybody listening, hey, guys, I do not live in Baltimore. I promise you I don't live there. But yeah, so I went to a reclaiming. Uh, they have something called Baltimore Witch Fest. And it was something about how you can't, con- I, I, there was a really good quote. And I wrote it down in my journal somewhere, but it was something about how you can't control your voice if you can't control your body. And it was something to the effect of like, if your voice isn't confident, your body's not going to be confident. And when you're in ritual, you're using your body, you're using your voice. Yeah. Uh, so I think that people, something that people struggle with is that when they're in ritual by themselves, a lot of people who listen to the podcast, I know are solitary. Sometimes it's hard to say the spell that you're doing or the ritual that you're doing, calling the quarters, for example, out loud, because when you're by yourself, it sounds silly. Mm -hmm. You feel dumb. It doesn't feel natural. And it honestly, it's one of those things that until you actually start doing it and get used to it, you're never going to overcome it nobody is really natural of like calling the quarters you know it's just not a thing I I remember before my outer court started um a girl who was in the outer court with me her and I did a ritual at my house and I summoned two of the quarters and she summoned the other two and I remember when I did them my voice was so weak I was like hey air um I'm here, you know, like, come on, come on down. And like, we summon you. And like, <laughs> it wasn't really like that, but it was, it was honestly to that extent. And looking back, that, that, did, not, that did nothing. Um, anyway, so getting to my point, you do have to practice saying these things out loud by yourself. And I do want to point out that when you're in a coven, there's a lot of trust that comes into play with the people that you're with. Yeah. Because it's one thing to be, saying an incantation by yourself which is already kind of hard Uh, like ironically it's it's kind of hard to do that when you're by yourself because you feel kind of weird but when you're with a group of people and they're looking at you saying this you got to make sure that you're with the right group of people because it's it's a it's a challenge sometimes yeah i mean i know especially like when i was running um my when i had my students down in miami uh a thing that i would you know try to instill in them is like if you don't if you don't feel like you did it the first time, like let's say you're calling the quarters, for example, like you like you were saying, if you don't feel like you did it the first time, you know, there's no shame in doing it again. And and that's hard. It's hard to redo and admit that you have a mistake, yeah, especially I mean, in front of other people. Like, you know, even in the coven, like, you know, we understand as we have been there a hundred times where, you know, you know, yeah, we'll call in the quarters like perfect every time, but that one time we fuck up, we're just like, oh, I have to fake it. But like, no, like you know, do it again, because like otherwise you're doing a detriment to yourself and you're doing a detriment to the people that's around you. Um, the amount of times that I have done something again <laughs> is very high. <laughs> so in case anybody listening feels bad about it, listen, guys, I have had to do this multiple yeah, times before. There, I'm sure Zazel has had to do it multiple times before. It, it wow, he's making a face. Let's right not now, talk today. about that. Um, but i mean can you admit that you've had to redo things before in witchcraft we all make mistakes and we're all human exactly like and it's hard to confront that within yourself sometimes especially in front of other people but like in a and i I don't want to say this like you know whenever whenever you're in a coven you kind of you have to give yourself that leeway to fuck up because like 
and forgive yourself for fucking because because you're probably gonna fuck up because everybody fucks up. up we're all humans we're witches but we're humans exactly your priests and priestess will fuck up like it'll it'll happen and you know it's it's just stuff, the shit that you have to live with as a human being nobody is perfect and nobody is perfect a hundred percent of the time i will make a funny joke right now azazel has seen me fuck up before <laughs> and i've made a joke to him before of like if people can see me fucking up <laughs> doing that x y and z they'd probably fucking laugh at me am i wrong though oh trust me and fucking ashley and my coven sister have been harassing me of my fuck up when 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 she came to visit but whatever oh yeah i have definitely seen azazel fuck up before too and i gave him a lot of shit for it honestly i probably shouldn't have given him as much shit as i did but i say that and weeks have gone by and i've still mentioned this fuck up before but he's been very nice and not mentioning all of my fuck ups so shit happens shit happens especially us as millennials we don't know what we're doing <laughs> says the third degree hyper sometimes i don't know what i'm doing either um <laughs> but that's okay like it's 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 good to understand that you know we all have faults and nobody is held to a higher standard because like we're all we're all on the same level. We're all trying to make it through here, <laughs> especially during COVID. Even if people are at different degrees, we're all still learning together. Mm-hmm. But this is talking also in a very covenistic standpoint. I know a lot of people listening to this may not be involved in a coven. So the ultimate point is that even if you're solitary, there's, I think, something to be said about getting familiar with speaking incantations out loud. There's nothing wrong with just saying them mentally in your mind. Yeah. But when you say them out loud, and when you really mean what you say, it's completely different. And a lot of the time, it takes practice to get to that point of where you can actually enunciate what you're saying and have your full force behind it. But it's also a lot of what Azazel is saying. It's, you know, fake it till you make it. <laughs> it, it it's much easier said than done yeah. coming from somebody who has had to fake it till I make it. <laughs> and I, I think everybody in this sort of tradition for example has had to do that at one point or another because it's not easy no it's not. i mean because like at the same time you 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 have to kind of like there's this expectation for you especially if you've in if you've been in a group for a long time and let's say you're not feeling it that day and that you're having struggle or you have this perception of yourself that you have to put on a sort of front for everybody else that nobody really understands like what you're either what you're going through at that time or whatever it but it's okay to be like hey i don't think i can do this right now like let me take a moment for me because like i'm going through something or whatever and let somebody else do it and i I think it's important to be able to have that that bit of humility to understand that you know like none of us are perfect none of us are able to do everything or be on top of it 100% all the time. Even when you have circle, like I know when, when, when I had circle, like there have been plenty of times where like I've been there and I don't volunteer to do anything because like at that moment, I'm just like, I, I can't, I don't like, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in that. I can't get myself in the visual mindset because of like shit that's going on in my home or whatever. But, you know, let somebody else practice this and let somebody else, you know, have that moment to, feel it where like I know that I'm already not going to feel it I'm not going to get to that point but I can still experience something being in that environment with these people that I love with these people that you know I've decided to create this ritual space with or even if you're by yourself you know you're don't feel like you have to go up 100 all the time 
casting circle can be as simple as you just envisioning a fucking sphere around you and you know picturing the you know the goddess and god the god and goddess around you whatever like it, it doesn't have to be as intricate as you know using all these words using all these candles having all these altars blah 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 like it, it can be as simple as as you want it to be definitely and i i think it's important to you to note that when you're casting a circle it really is about the energy that you're putting forth into it and it's not so much about the theatrics and what i mean by that is that when you're going from you know the east to the south to the west to the north or however direction you're going it doesn't have to be fluid it doesn't have to be on beat meaning if you go if you start in the east which a lot of people do and then you go to the west and if you need a couple extra minutes shit if you need however long you need to kind of get back in that mindset the south you're from the east to the south see there we go exactly <laughs> okay so if you're going from the east and <laughs> you go to the south it's okay if you need an extra couple minutes when you're at the South to one, remember, oh, this is the South. This is not the West. This is not the North. This is the South. Or if you need a couple minutes to think, okay, like, let me tap in to the energies of this direction or whatever it is. That is fine. It's not like the movies or it doesn't have to be like the movies where you go from all the directions within like three seconds of each other and you call all of them down. It's completely perfect because yeah, believe no. me, when I am by myself, and I'm doing my own eclectic ritual. I'm not doing anything tradition-based. just myself and my own thing. I take my goddamn time. Believe me, I do. And a lot of times I will tell you I fuck up my directions because I second-guess myself. And I have to be like, okay, wait, what direction is this? And then I have to kind of like tap into it and remember where I am. And that's fine. And I think it's important to practice where you're at. And it's important to vocalize literally out loud, out loud if you have the opportunity to. Yeah, 100%. And I, like, I think even when it comes to like when you're feeling like you don't really know what to do and you feel like, you know, you've read all these books and you've read whatever and you're, you're in a, like, even if you're in a training group, this happens. Like, you know, stagnancy always happens to somebody who just feels either over exposed or not really being able to given or even given the time to understand what it is that they've gone through at least from my experience that's what that's where stagnancy comes from um i know for a long time when i was like i want to say 17 to uh, honestly up until the time i got initiated um which is at like 24 i was feeling extremely stagnant in my craft like yeah you know i've read all these books and like I felt like I had all this knowledge, but I had no understanding of what to really do with it. You know, no really spells for me were, you know, whatever. Like I, I yeah, I could do this spell for, for, to get this job or, or to, 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 um, get this person to love me or, or whatever the fuck. But like, I, I honestly, I didn't really care. Like that wasn't what I wanted my witchcraft to be. I did I didn't want my witchcraft to be focused on the whole magic aspect of it. My my understanding of what this was was more of a mysticism thing. And you know, depending on which way you go, like you know, it it it's perfectly fine either way. Um, what you what you decide to focus on. But for me, it was more of a mysticism thing. And so magic wasn't really heavily focused upon in my craft. Like, yes, I did it occasionally when I felt like it was necessary, but for me, it was more the mysticism that tend to entice me, tend to draw me in. And I didn't really have a firm grasp just reading books on how to 
delve into that more. And so up until my initiation, like I was just like, yeah, I can do all these things, but like I'm doing nothing with it because why? <laughs> Through Lizzo, all things are possible. Lizzo is the ultimate queen. Do you have any like experiences yeah. being like just stagnant, like even like in your craft, like even? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> uh, stagnancy in the craft is one thousand percent a thing. As much as I love witchcraft, as much as I love Wicca, as much as I love this podcast, Oof. stagnancy and feeling burnt out is a very common human reaction, and it comes down to sometimes you just need a break. Yeah. And in a way, it's kind of funny because if you think about it, a lot of people, religious people with like Christianity type religions, for example, will look to Christianity as their um, refresher on life. But when you're doing witchcraft 24-7, sometimes you just need to chill. It takes a lot of energy, guys, especially the podcast. I need to take a break from witchcraft. <laughs> I need to take a break. Um, it, and it's odd because, you know, I love witchcraft. I love Wicca. I love this podcast. Like, I, I love all of these things so much. It, it's such an important part of my life. I mean, it, it, it is my life, ultimately. And it, it's kind of odd of, like, how sometimes I feel like I need to step away from it because getting burnt out is definitely something that comes along with this and until you're balls deep in the witchcraft <laughs> uh i guess i don't know everybody has their own thing for me to get out of the stagnancy i think i don't have a black and white answer for that of how to get out of that the the biggest answer is just to get start doing things again but i think it's important to give yourself breaks yeah if, if you feel that you're really just burnt out you're just stuck you just need a moment sometimes the best thing you can do is just walk away for a bit and come back to it forcing yourself into something that you're just so feeling so dull with is not going to do you any it's not going to do you any favors i mean sometimes with stagnancies that helps people but i i've realized for myself that it's not the game um but yeah i mean this is a very common thing i'll see it in a lot of witchcraft practices of people saying like oh you know i'm so bored of my craft or I don't feel like doing a spell. I don't feel like doing a ritual. Um, I, I think it's also important, though, to recognize the difference between being stagnant in what you're doing and being lazy. Because yeah. I have definitely <laughs> been the lazy witch. I have definitely been the stagnant witch. I've been burnt out, but I've also been fucking lazy. And I didn't feel like casting a circle because in my own eclectic way of casting a circle, there's a lot of steps that go into it. Do I need all those steps? Maybe not. <laughs> but it's, it's how I like doing things. And, um, you know, sometimes you do just have to get off the couch and just do it. And then when you're in that circle, you remember, this is why I love this so much. But other times, I don't know, you, you have to kind of understand within yourself the difference between the two. And that can be hard. Yeah, most definitely. I think, and I, I feel like I'm experiencing a bit of stagnancy now. Um, but I remember the first time I, I really experienced it, what I was talking about earlier, was what really helped me get out of that um was so i had had this experience and going back to the whole, like spiritual spirit stuff um when i was living back in georgia and i had had this dream where there was this thing um that was like there in my dream and it was like this seven foot it, it felt like it was like seven nine feet tall and it was just like this black blob 
cloaked whatever and there was like shadows coming off of it and i you know my brain like only understanding of like my understanding of the craft at that point like i like i was like oh this is a demon there's a demon in my dream right now like what what is happening (laughs) and then i wake up and it's sitting at the foot of my bed not sitting it was standing at the foot of my bed and i'm just like uh and i'm having like this whole like sleep paralysis moment where like i'm seeing this thing um can I move, please? Because like I don't like this whole non-moving thing. It's funny because I love sleep paralysis, but I'm in like the one percent who does. I don't hate it. It's just I don't like the lack of control. And so, like in that moment, you know, I'm I'm not being able to move. I'm seeing this thing that's a, that's the end of me, which honestly, it, it, being sleep paralysis. And at the at the time, like I understand that it was sleep paralysis. You know, in it's, it's thing. This is thing that you're hallucinating. That's in front of you. But at the same time, you know, it was actually verified like a couple of months ago. Like, no, yeah, actually a couple, like maybe a year or so ago when I was talking to my mom. But like when I saw this thing at the front of my bed, like it it drifted. Like I felt like it's like it put its finger to its mouth, like shushing me. Like, you know, like I'm not I'm not here for you. Like I'm here for somebody else. And so it went deeper into the house. And I'm just like the second it left my room, I was able to get up and I was like, the fuck just happened? But like a year ago, I was talking to my mom and she was telling me how like at the time that she was pregnant with my little sister, she there was a night where she had a dream where her her um my stepdad at the time um was in the dream. And there was this woman that came to her and she was like, you know, you have to get this baby girl away from like away from him. He's going to be a bad influence on her. Like you need to get him away from her. Um and so following that, um, some shit that happened and she ended up leaving my stepdad and, you know, fast forward 12 years later, my sister is now a witch. Um, <laughs> and, but going back to like my, my time of stagnancy when I was like in my early twenties, um, you know, I, I, I had, went to this festival and their theme for that festival was, uh, Hecate. And I had, I had experience you know, going to this workshop and these two women who call themselves like priestesses of Hecate, and they were telling me about their experiences when they would, uh, when they first interacted with Hecate. And it was essentially the same goddamn thing. And I was like, oh, so that wasn't a demon, that was Hecate. Um, all right, let me reevaluate how I feel about this. Granted, I really didn't really feel like I had any negative towards it in the first place, but it was more of just like, you know, Hey, I, you know, I've also had this experience. How how does this relate to what's happening now? And I remember following that uh, that experience that I had had when when I was like fourteen uh, with that with the spirit coming into my room. Like I I had had a couple of dreams after that, you know, knowing that my mom was having a baby girl at the time. She didn't want to know what it was until until um, she was born. Um, but I was like, no, mom, you're like. I, I, up until that dream, like I was like, you're having a boy because I want another brother, whatever. But then I had the dream that it was like, no, you're having a girl and she's probably going to be a witch. <laughs> and I was like, what's wrong with you? Like, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> but yeah, so now having, you know, having had, I remember I told Ashley this, like I haven't had any sort of contact with my little sister being so, being moved away from, so far away from her for so long. Like now she's starting to get into witchcraft. I'm just like, mommy, I told you. <laughs> fucking told you and it's not my fault because I wasn't there <laughs> yeah. so you can't blame me uh-huh. 
You should add in the story of uh, Clint or blessing your room and not the entire house. Oh, so yeah. So, and this is not anything I, I don't, um, I don't believe in speaking bad about like any sort of religion because like I do understand, like, I do think that Santeria is a beautiful religion and um, its involvement with its spirits and its saints can be a beautiful thing, but also it can be taken from to a very negative uh, direction um, and that was kind of my experience going growing up um, so after my mom had left my stepdad uh, a couple years well, like a year or so after that we did we didn't really have any contact with him um, but come to find out that he at some point moved in across the street from us and we saw him randomly and he looked extremely different than what we normally would see him as like he was like paler and he looked like he hadn't eaten in like weeks and like something was obviously wrong with him um and following that uh you know under like knowing that he had lived across from us um for a while apparently and like we didn't even know that he was living there there was experience in the house where so Obviously, you know, having had this, all this experience with my friends, um, this protection magic thing, I had only had under the impression that, you know, nothing really, really happened to my family. <laughs> like nothing would like come to them or whatever. And so like I always, whenever I did protection shit, I always did it in my room and whatever. Because I mean, that was more of a just like whatever I did in my room would stay in my room and wouldn't really interact with the rest of my family. And so I never really thought of the concept of something happening in the house and it not happening to me but happening to the rest of my family um and so i i remember there was one night where i had a dream where there was something it was it was like confronting me in the dream and it was like hey you know i'm gonna get her no matter what you do and it was like this weird demon-esque looking face it had like gauges in its cheeks i don't know it looked weird anyway um i remember waking up after seeing that and my little sister was screaming in the room in her room which is right next to mine and um i ran out of the room and i felt something push me into the wall and then that's when my mom like flipped open the lights and she was like you know what's wrong with you like why are you just running into the wall <laughs> and then i'm just like but you know Christine is screaming. What do you want from me? Um, but yeah, so I go into the room and my, my sister left like to sleep on the top bunk. Um, and she was a younger sibling, but like she was so far removed from where the top bunk was. Like she was closer to the door of the room where there was no way she would have like fell out of the top bunk of the, of the bunk bed and gotten that far. Like she would have had to have jumped from the bed to maybe get that far, but she was like three. So like it like it was like it was just like impossible to for her to be so separated from like where the bed was to where the door was, and she was just like bawling, screaming, and um, my brother was also screaming, and he was also on the floor for some reason, <laughs> and he was in the like the bottom bunk, and I'm just like, what the fuck is happening here? Um, and that really got me to like understand like, hey, you know, maybe I should protect the whole house instead of just my room because I didn't think that my stepfather would do anything to his children but having knowing him for so long it's quite a possibility that he probably would go to that extent um 
because he did seem to lose a bit of his sanity. Um, the more I got to know him. Um, and so you always have to be careful and also be, you know, take care of your family. Understand that it's not so, just about you. Yeah. So make sure if you're blessing your home, you're not just doing like the bedroom, your living room, you're doing the entire complex, the entire room, everything that you have. And ways to do about that, you know, you can do more than just shade, shade sage um your house because obviously sage oh that's that's, that's a whole that's a whole conversation yeah, sage is, i mean is going into like cultural appropriation and, and what have you but you know there are other things that you can do for banishing spirits from your house or protecting your house specifically like even like for me like i was obsessed with charmed and i've tried i've tried so hard to get ashley to watch Charmed and charmed but she okay oh listen like he tried to get me to watch charmed like we had a bunch of video chats where we would watch it on like Netflix party. And then after the first season, him and Tiana from the astrology episodes were like, Oh, you just need to watch it on your own now. And I'm like, I'm not going to watch this by myself. Like you have to watch it with me. And they're like, but it's so good. Just do it. And I'm like, okay, well, if it's so good, watch it with me. And then they just did not <laughs> So I'm not watching charm because they're not watching it with me, but they talk so highly of it. And I'm like, do you guys not realize that you're hypocrites right now? Anyway, so I had gotten this thing, and this goes into the whole like pop culture, pop culture witchcraft thing. Is you know, for me, it was more of a gaining inspiration from them. And so on Charmed, they would have this thing where they would trap a uh, a, a demon, usually a demon, um, in like this, like using quartz crystals to like trap them around, like in just like a circle around them. And so I would do that. That became like. That was not a real sentence. <laughs> they would use quartz crystals in a circle to trap the demon inside of the circle. Are you happy now? Um, see, this is why we're nemesis. 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 So I created this this spell to essentially uh, use the quartz crystals as a sort of barrier around my house. And so I would bury them around the corners of the properties around the house. Um to kind of create this shield of protection around it. And there was this whole like spell that I would do, but essentially like that was my way of integrating this thing that I saw on TV into my own magic and how to properly work that into an actual spell. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting seeing people pull from pop culture to real life witchcraft. Cause you know, there's a lot of witchcraft things in the media where people have pulled or had professional witches. Like for example, the very first craft movie, they I, the scene where on the where they're on the beach uh where apparently when they were doing the um invocation of the spirit i believe it was called they had a bunch of bats like come in all the equipment turned off like all this crazy things um yeah it it, it has a side topic it's, it's very interesting to see witchcraft in popular culture and especially now in 2020 i don't know if it's just because people are getting in touch with their inner gods or what it is or people are at home and want to do some witchcraft <laughs> to see what happens because 2020 fucking sucks uh i don't know it's, it's been interesting this has definitely been the year of the witch 100 percent. like i i, I know i've known so many people especially especially due to your podcast who have like joined groups um how do you feel about that like how do you feel about being such like a name in the witchcraft community now Oh gosh, we're getting to this topic. Now he's putting it on me. Okay, well, <laughs> so uh, 
as a lot of people know, when I started my podcast, I was just really bored <laughs> one day. <laughs> I was in my outer court for my training group, and I just really wanted to talk about witchcraft. And, you know, fast forward a year and a half later, it's like every couple weeks, I think to myself, oh my gosh, like, this is, this is it. Like, this is, a, this is so big, like it's grown so much. And then something new happens. Like, for example, today, the, the write-up of the Cosmopolitan article, mm-hmm. I mean, there was 17 podcasts listed and I was one of them. But the fact that that happened was... And you only started it like a year ago, right? year and a half ago. Yep. yep. It wasn't that long ago. And yeah, <laughs> that it, it's been... It, there's a lot of emotions I feel with it. On one hand... It's really, really cool to see all of the people who are so interested in witchcraft. And it's definitely an honor to be that person that people kind of look to for information in the craft. Um, on the other hand, well, I don't know. There's other parts of it too, where when I look at the podcast, I kind of look at it like a journal of things that I've done within my own journey. Because I, I will tell you guys, I go back to some episodes that I recorded, especially the first couple ones, where there's things that I say in there where... I wish I had said something different. I wish I had changed how I said there's information in there that I'm like, uh, you know, this could have been said a completely different way, or maybe I don't agree with what I said at this point anymore. But that's just my own journey in the craft. So it's kind of been, you know, like a journal and I can go back to it and see how I progress. And I've had people message me before too and say, you know, I've heard a difference in yourself when you speak from episode one to episode 30, <laughs> you know? Uh, I, I'm not the same which I was when I first started. And it, it's it's kind of cool to have other people see that perspective as well, because I've seen it in myself. And when I talk to beginners, and it's one of those things, I don't realize how far I've come until I talk to other people. And I'm just like, oh, man, I guess I learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the other hand, it's kind of odd sometimes. And Justin could probably talk a little bit about this of, you know, within my tradition, for example, I'm a first degree. And that means I'm you know, learning a lot. I mean, I am an initiated member of the tradition. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into that. I'm not diminishing that at all. But it's sometimes it's a little odd of like, oh, <laughs> because generally in the Gardnerian tradition, the people who run the covens, the people who train people are at least second degree, usually third degree. So being a first degree in a tradition and essentially teaching people about witchcraft and Wicca, even though I'm not teaching them the gardening tradition, I'm just teaching them Wicca and witchcraft 101. That has definitely been an interesting perspective, (laughs) an interesting experience that I don't think a lot of first degrees have experienced. Um, But, you know, I think that ultimately the gods have a plan for you and Sometimes you just got to kind of roll with it and see what happens. But I will tell you, never in my wildest dreams that I think when I started this podcast, laying on my couch, having never listened to a podcast in my entire life, did I think I would be at almost 800,000 plays and be mentioned in a Cosmopolitan Magazine article. Um, so I, I'm so grateful for the people who've listened. Um, you know, it, it, it's been such a cool experience. It, it's It's really cool. <laughs> no, I think that being mostly anonymous has also been a cool caveat to this too. I remember I was in Salem with uh, Azazel. I was visiting him a couple weeks ago and we were walking around Salem and I had this thought of, you know, nobody knows what I look like 
but what if people recognize my voice? <laughs> like when I'm talking to him as we're walking down the sidewalk. Uh, so I kind of have this cool thing where I can be anonymous if I ever go to a pagan festival or even, I will tell you guys, I post in beginner witchcraft groups sometimes. I'll comment on things. I'll see people talking about seeking witchcraft and sometimes I'll jump in there or I'll just read the post. And it's kind of cool being like, man, they have no idea. <laughs> like it's me being like, hey guys, what's up? I'm seeking witchcraft. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's, it's been really cool. It's been a really cool experience. And, and I really thank everybody who's listened because I, I never saw my life going in this direction of being a voice in the pagan community. And I don't know. I just, I'm just grateful for it. It's been cool. Thanks guys. <laughs> I mean, I think that's awesome. You know, I, at least from my experience, you know, having been, I guess, involving myself in like these little groups here and there that, um, and trying to like train people even before like I was fucking initiated or whatever. Um, you know, it really helps you understand your own stance on things when you help other people understand their own stance on things, if that makes any sense. Um, oh, that's absolutely a thing. When I was a teaching assistant that used to t at a university, I, I taught an introduction to psychology course. Uh, we used to talk about how the best way to learn things would be to have to teach them to other people. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, as the one who had to teach intro to psych 101 at a university, <laughs> that is definitely true. Yeah, I mean, like, like, even for like, when I when I had my group, I would constantly just bring up discussions. I'm just like, hey, what do you guys think about this? Because, like, one, I don't even fully understand what I think about this. But, like, let's discuss as a group, you know, our thought process on it. Because it, it's not necessarily to create the own, our own or one unified understanding of what this is. But, you know, understand that our experiences in this are so different. So that actually brings up a really good point that I wanted to mention about... I will have people message me all the time with topics that I have absolutely no idea about, <laughs> none whatsoever. And I could do a quick Google search. But that's not really going to do anybody any good, you know. Uh, it, it's been interesting seeing how the podcast has progressed from just being, hey, it's Ashley from Seeking Witchcraft to, hey, guys, it's Ashley from Seeking Witchcraft. And today I have on special guest X, Y, and Z. Trust me, I make fun um, of her all the time. Oh, believe me, every single time he talks to me, he's like, oh my God, it's Ashley from Seeking Witchcraft. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm going to literally stab you. <laughs> uh, it, but yeah, it, it's been, it's been kind of interesting to see how the podcast has progressed because um, it's kind of turned into Ashley and friends. <laughs> but I'm also grateful to have people that I know, like witches that I know who have such an expansive knowledge on things that I don't know. Because I have a lot of these episodes where they talk about things that I'm learning right along with anybody listening. Like, for example, the Greek magical papyri. I don't know anything about that. And I learned a lot listening to that episode. It was great. You said it was such a good episode. Yeah, Azazel helped me a lot with that episode as well, with editing it, for example. Um yeah. And, you know, with Seeking Witchcraft, it, it's been kind of interesting. So not only have I progressed as the podcast has gone on, you know, the things I've learned or experienced have been, I'm not the same person that I, or I'm not the same, which I was when I first recorded that by a long shot. 
I will say that with full confidence, but I'm still learning. And it's been interesting to see how the podcast has also progressed with my own self, which is kind of why I, I'll sometimes call it like a journal of my own journey. Um, and yeah, it, it's been cool. I, I will say for anybody listening, I am planning to do episodes with myself. I promise you, I have a whole list of episodes I want to do one-on-one, just myself, me, myself, and I, but I just have so many witches in my life and I'm so grateful for this opportunity, but I have so many witches in my life who know so many great topics that I know nothing about. And I'm just like, oh, I want to share this with the world. And I'm so grateful that I have this platform of people who want to learn these things. So I promise you, I'm going to have individual episodes. It's going to just be me. It's going to happen, guys. (laughs) But I just got to get these other episodes out with people. See, you're more of just like, let's learn about this. I'm more of just like, let's talk about it. Like, why? <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that might also come to the fact that you're also a high priest and I'm just a priestess. I mean, it, it, it's it's everybody's different learning structure. Like, mm-hmm. you know, everybody learns in, in different ways. And you've definitely been an incredible influencer into, you know, the whole witchcraft community. And I trust me, I've seen the <laughs> from... You know, how you were when, not necessarily when you started, because I met you a little bit after that, but from the beginning of the year to how you are now, and especially listening to your episodes, your podcast has grown so much where it has really become this big, you know, it's become a thing on into it, onto its own. And, you know, I, 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 think that you know the people listening to you and the people that you bring onto your podcast have a lot to gain from just like just listening to it i think it's awesome thank you i appreciate that it's been a really cool ride as much shit as they talk about you (laughs) yeah as much shit as you talk about me see azazel has drank almost an entire bottle of wine so this is like the rare time he'll yeah, this is the rare time who will ever give a compliment to me. So I'm happy this is being recorded because this was never going to happen ever again. Wow. See, he says, wow, he doesn't even disagree with me. Wow. So as we're talking about random topics and witchcraft, uh, you know, so we talked a bit about the podcast about for my podcast, Seeking Witchcraft, and how it's been a cool experience to educate people on witchcraft and Wicca. But I do want to say something important, and I I stress this a lot in my episodes. It's funny because people say that I'm biased on my episodes as if I don't address that myself. <laughs> I, I think I'm very upfront with telling people, hey, this is how I believe X, Y, and Z. This is how I see X, Y, and Z, but please do it the way that works for you. But here's the guideline. Anyway, mm-hmm. I think it's incredibly important that when you're listening to podcasts, when you're reading books, even when you're in a coven, I think it is so important 100% when you're in a coven. It is so important to think for yourself Mm -hmm. in what you're doing and to not take everything that you read or is told to you as, as God, for example, or as if it's like the Bible of this is how things are done. Because I think you really need to come to that understanding within yourself of, do you believe this? Or is it just somebody telling you this? Do you resonate with this? And when you're first starting out, sometimes the easiest thing you can do is just believe other people of, hey, this is how X, Y, and Z is done. So I'm going to believe that. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because you might not have other experiences to compare it to. But 
I would tell every beginner, even with my podcast, for example, with things that I tell people about, question every single thing, everything, and see how it works for you. Yeah, you know, take it as a why and let me look deeper into this instead of just like, oh, Ashley said this or oh, like this book said this, you know, this is what it is because like I really vibed with this thing. That must mean it's true because I vibe with it. And you're not going to have a deeper understanding unless you look into why that vibes with you. Exactly. And I think it will definitely be beneficial for many people to really, you know, think about the things that they read and think about the, why they exactly, you know, why do you agree with this thing? You know, yes, you know, the, the spirits of, of the East are, are the spirits of air. Why is it like but that? Why? Exactly. Why is it like that? You know, and sometimes that involves a Google spiral and there's nothing wrong with that. No, That's exactly. a lot of witchcraft. To be like, where does that come from? Where does that origin of like, why is air East? You know, why is that our understanding of how witchcraft works? But also if you're just starting out and you're not, you don't exactly have your footing. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with just being like, okay, you know, they say air is East. They say South is fire. They say West, West is water. They say North is air. There's nothing wrong with going on that, especially when you're first beginning. Mm -hmm. But I think once you get a little bit more involved in this and you get a little bit deeper, understanding it's very why bene is, it's beneficial to look into that. Yeah. Why is that the case? Because like no, like even just helping you, you know, just being in a conversation with with another magical practitioner, but just like just being able to understand for yourself how things work and how things how the universe works for you, for your for your own mental capacity to understand of how the universe works. You know, you have to be able to explain. If you can explain easily how something works, then I think you have reached a limit to where you can move on to something else. But until that point, it's really difficult for you to be able to like, yeah, I do witchcraft and yeah, I, you know, magic does this because of this but like if somebody asks you why you're just like uh because you don't really fully understand it like it's 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 difficult to move and forward there's nothing that. And wrong that, with and that's going to create doubt correct, within yourself by the way and that's because every every single person starts exactly. that way no there's nothing wrong but that's how we learn and that's how we you know hey you know i don't know this thing but let me look deeper into this and let me get, gain a full understanding to this. And yeah, yeah, we can have a full conversation about like, did you go out and I'm get angry orchards after I got it? I literally asked you, should I get an angry orchard, another bottle of wine or white claw? And you really do the angry orchard. You, you measly weasel. So I think one other thing to address with this. And oh my fucking God, I say it every single time on all of my episodes. I feel like there's a couple things I repeat on every episode, but it's because I'm not trying to be a broken record. It's because it is so goddamn true. The couple things I repeat are question everything, do what works for you, and don't be an armchair witch. And I swear to God, or all the gods, almost every single time I ask somebody for their piece of advice at the end of the episode, it is always some variation of don't be an armchair witch. Do the thing. So do the goddamn thing. Do the goddamn thing. 
because like even if honestly like a hundred percent like even if you fuck it up nothing's you're not gonna have an experience just sitting in (laughs) your room in your bed this isn't the movie about it like i don't i don't know how like i don't think you understand how difficult it is to like summon a demon but like you fucking up with some sort of spell, it's not. That's gonna not really where I was going like, with this, but <laughs> I was. Gonna... I'm just saying, like you know, do the thing. Like, don't have that fear behind you. Like, oh, like if I fuck it up, you know, the gods are gonna be angry with me. The, you know, it's it's I'm gonna be angry with myself or whatever. Like you know, just do it and whatever experiences that you have after that, experience that. Like have that, like be able to have that experience. Like hey, you know, I fucked up. We all fucked That's up. That's true. I fuck up all the time. We all fuck up. Like it's, it's, Azazel seen me fuck up. I've seen him fuck up. It happens. That's true. Wow, that is so rude. That's so rude. How dare you out me like this right so now? So many times. Don't fuck up that much. Damn. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Azazel's had a little bit of time. And he's going to listen to this whenever he's editing and be like, oh my God. Anyway, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about how when you want to do a summoning for example of the elements it's important to have that vocal confidence you can't gain that confidence just thinking about it you have to do it in person you have to it's so much easier said than done being an armchair witch is so much easier said than done believe me i have been there i live there sometimes it goes into the whole stagnancy thing you just have to do it. You're not going to have those crazy mystery type experiences that you can't explain unless you are getting your ass out of bed mm-hmm. or off the couch, grabbing a fucking knife or your fingers, whatever you have, casting a circle and doing it. You have to do it. And uh, you just have to, guys. You have to. And I, I understand it's harder said than done. like real life comes in the way people have kids they have jobs they have animals they have people they need to take care of they have dishes to do but you have to make time for it and and i want to stress witchcraft witchcraft is not a fair weather activity and i think a lot of people get lost on that sometimes where they think like oh well i could just do a spell here or i could just cast a circle there witchcraft and especially wicca because that's a religion it's not a fair weather activity. If you want to see results for what you're doing, you have to keep going at it. Yeah, there has to be some sort of consistency to what you to what it is that you're doing. Because otherwise it's just like you on a even like even on a deep spiritual level, like you're treating it as a throwaway thing that you do as a hobby. Whereas your religion shouldn't be a hobby. It's something that, you know, you're devoting the your 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 time and energy to these spirits, to these gods. And you can't expect for results to happen if you're not fully divulging yourself into this. And and it's something that needs to be consistently thought of and brought about within your own daily practice. And that's not to say that you can't have these moments of stagnancy like, like we were saying. But it's it's something to be aware of whenever you're you know, in these moments, whenever you're treating it as something that shouldn't be treated as seriously. So something I've told people and something that was told to me when I was going through this is that you are not going to experience all the magical things that could come forward if you're just reading about it. And if you listen to the Millennial High Priest episode, I will give you guys 
uh, some more insight to maybe some personal experiences I had. So uh, stay tuned. Alrighty, guys. I think that wraps it up for this episode. And I want to thank Ashley from Seeking Witchcraft <laughs> for being on this episode and joining us on feasting upon all of our stories and remembering our youth. He's like half laughing. See, you see how he makes fun of me? I don't know how we're friends. (laughs) Well, mm -hmm. well, thank you, Azazel, for having me on your podcast. I'm happy to be here. And I'm very much looking forward to the episode that we're going to have where you talk about your experiences as a millennial high priest. And we'll probably talk about, I don't know, some some things that high priests would tell students, I suppose. Well, thanks again for having me on and thank you everybody for listening. Bye. You have a great day and thank you guys for listening.